So, welcome to another episode of Joe Black and the Back in Black podcast. Um, what do you say when you think that people have gone too far in a certain situation? How do you handle it? What is it that brings us to the point that we say, okay, that's enough. That's too much. You're overdoing it. You're ODing. You've gone too far. You've crossed the line. Is that where we are today with this absolutely ridiculous cancel culture? Are we in this moment now where we see that people have just taken it too far. When you're talking about canceling someone, you're not just talking about hurting them momentarily when it comes to the greater understanding of those who are in the public spotlight. When you have a friend and you say, you know, I'm not dealing with that person anymore. I don't talk to them. I don't return their phone calls. I don't answer the text. No, they cancel. So to cancel someone means to erase, delete, deny, turn away from, not deal with, etc., etc. A certain person or situation or group of people perhaps but this weird 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 celebrity cancel culture this is this is getting to the point now that you start to feel that if someone's got really good standing in the community or the space that they occupy or they're really good at the job and what they do, whether it be an actor, an actress, a movie star, a singer, a preacher, a public servant. It doesn't matter if they make a mistake now because of this 24-7, 365 news cycle that we have. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What what happened? What did they do? Who? What? Are you crazy? Yo, that's really wild. They did that. And then once the news spreads, it's like. Before the truth can put its pants on, the lie is halfway around the world. So a lot of times these people don't even have a chance to come out and defend themselves in any way, shape, or form because they are unaware that something that they've done perhaps 5, 10, 15, 20 years in their past has come to light. Or if it's something that they've done that was currently just whack, off-color, bad form, and they made that mistake. It's like, okay, what else did they do? You have people that will literally get on 
their computers. They'll go into their phones. They'll call their friends. They'll do things like try to hack people's email accounts. They'll go on their Twitter and go back all the way back to the day that they actually joined Twitter. Like the day you would think that Jack Dorsey rolled it out. They're going that back. That far back to say, well, what else did they do? Or their Facebook you know, I guarantee you some of these people, some of them probably go and try to find things by going through a celebrity's trash. I mean, whatever it takes to find the dirt so that someone can say you're canceled, you're out of here, you're done, you won't make any more money. In this profession. You won't be able. To have this seat. In the house. In Congress. Your senatorial career is over. You'll never be able to run for office again. We're going to destroy you and your family. You're going to feel the full wrath. Of the cancel culture. You're done. The driving force behind this is this millennial news cycle that is different than the previous generation of news people. Journalism has taken a hit because of all the technology that is available for us to make news and record news and be the news 24-7, 365 days a week. A year, excuse me. So with the continuing shuttering and laying off of people in the news field, real news, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, New York Post, Chicago Tribune, all these once great, great papers, some of them institutions unto themselves, they're all trying to downsize, to cut back, to budget, to restructure their businesses. And within that, there is a vacuum for the news and those who are able actually to report it. But there's also a vacuum of those who are able to actually not report it accurately or responsibly with real journalistic integrity. So you have all these different outlets that portray themselves as news, but are really anything other than that. 
some of them are just a new version of the National Enquirer or the Sun or whatever type of tabloid that you're into or you see at your grocery stores when you're checking out and you're looking over to the left like, hmm, I'm going to get a Snickers, but oh, what the hell? I didn't know that certain somebody was into that or they did that or they were getting divorced. Like it's that type of gotcha. We're going to dig into your shit. We're going to get deep into it and we're going to expose whatever secrets you have. Like that type of trashy stuff, things like TMZ, media takeout, the shade room, lipstick alley, these gossip sites, some of them are more urban than others like uh media takeout shade room lipstick alley bossip you know they traffic in lies exaggerations really body low down dirty grimy low hanging fruit people's you know Different sexual preferences. A lot of, uh, you know, who's gay, who's not. You know, who's dating a transgender person. Uh, you know, what R&B singer is dating this other male R&B singer and he has a family. You know, just trashy shit. Stuff that you wouldn't even want to put your eyeballs on for fear that they just start melting right inside your skull. Like pouring hot acid on yourself or something before you want to read some of this tripe. But but within this, there's a... There's like a rush to be first by a lot of these publications. I don't even want to call them publications. I'll call them what they are. They're fucking trash. They are. But if they're not doing what they do. The thing about it is, is that there's such a. There's such a. A hole, a gaping wide chasm between good journalism. With integrity, with morals, responsibly responsibly relayed and given out to the public and just shitty gotcha stupid questions so biased hack reporting ridiculous you know, nonsensical, redundant repeating of the same thing over and over and over again. I, I could say that there's one network that occasionally I watch and so this chasm between what is real news and what is just bullshit it's vast. And then before you're able to separate the real news 
from that tripe, you have another, another monster that's been created because with the advent of all the technology and the shuttering of the other major news corps and the papers falling off of a cliff, because when is the last time that you actually sat down anywhere in a public setting in a restaurant or just at a bar in the park at your job during lunch or whatever in your home and someone just rolled out a newspaper and said, hey, did you see this sports page? Like nobody fucking reads the sports page anymore. You get your news from your phone. You don't even really get it from the TV as much unless you're over 60 and you're watching Fox every fucking day. You get your news from your phone. You do. Most people get their news now from their mobile devices. Which is okay. No problem with that. The thing about getting your news though in this new age, once you get past those first two things that I mentioned, is that the internet has created this whole still relatively new field of journalists who haven't gone to school to do any type of journalism. They're doing journalism that's not really journalism but that's technically what they're doing. And I say it's not really journalism because it's a lot of bullshit. But it's a form of journalism because they're reporting on current events, world events, politics, health, economic, And you can go on YouTube right now and you can type in economic plans. You could type in learn how to flip houses or no, no. Let's say if we just keep it to something that's you would pick up your paper and read. We'll we'll say you can go on your YouTube and you can go on any other social networking site, Twitter is one of the leading, leading culprits in this because Facebook's to me, Facebook's had its day. It's still it's still something that is used for news purposes, but it's mostly a propagandist arm of the left and the right, depending on who has the power in that particular moment in time of who wants to get what message out and you know, how far the other way Mark Zuckerberg wants to look. Why all that stuff happens on his platform. You know, because they don't really police that shit. If they did, you know, they wouldn't be able to make the money that they make with all the ads and the advertising and the clicks that they get. Because the algorithms are set for a lot of that stuff that flows through Facebook. And they. They push that traffic in the direction of what the algorithm is telling them to push it in and it all flows accordingly 
So if it's all right, it's all right stuff that's going to be really hot for some time until the algorithm changes. And it's like, oh, no, it's left. It's left politics that are hot right now. And the algorithm is pushing that. And you can tell just by the way, if you go on Facebook at certain times, especially, and you'll say, wow, this is really hot. And this is really, but I wasn't seeing this on my page. Never mind the creepy things that are happening now when you can walk in a room and you can talk about something or you'll be somewhere in your house and you can talk about something. You'll get on Facebook. You'd be like, oh, you know, I wonder what's going on with Antifa. I wonder what's going on with them. I haven't heard too much about them. And then you go to your Facebook and you look on your Facebook and there'll be a story about Antifa. You'd be like, what the hell? Last this whole last week, it's been nothing but, you know, stuff that's been going on in, in the Senate. Or in the judiciary, I've been hearing a lot of write this and write that and what's been going on with the Supreme Court. I haven't even seen anything about any liberal progressive politics lately. Like, I haven't been undaunted with ads about that or this person's election or this person's running for this where you donate for this. Like, so, you know, the algorithm's like, okay, but also you are being listened to by your devices and your devices are picking that stuff up and they're putting that right in front of you instantaneously. And so with all of this technology, with all of these things that we have available to us in the news, you have these people who are out here and I say these people and it sounds like a derogatory term. It sounds like a slang term when people say it to me, you know, me being a black person, everything's like you people. So I'm going to chill with that. But you have a lot of individuals who are want to be reporters who really are not reporters. They are gossip mongers. They are purveyors of filth and trash and bullshit. And they put it out there all day long and you can go and say oh this is tr this is trending on twitter this is trending this person did this and this is going on this and and every damn day now you can find somebody who's getting canceled every day every day there is somebody in this country who is relatively famous or a celebrity, because you don't have to be famous to be a celebrity. But they can just be someone who, you know, people know. They may not be a household name, but people know them. And they can be young and they can be old. And they did something and somebody said, oh, fuck that. They're canceled. They're done. They're out of here. And then you check your Twitter and it's like, whoa, what's going on? But see, for a while it was. That type of stuff was relegated to stuff like Black Twitter, 4chan, Tiny Chat, places like the majority of America never even heard of some of these places because, you know, the younger generation, they hang out on these places. They hang out in these chat rooms and things like when I was younger, Yahoo was real big. MSN was real big, you know. Until they got rid of most of their chat rooms and things because MySpace came along. And then after MySpace came along, Facebook came along. And then after Facebook came along, Twitter came along. And now Twitter's pretty much ruling the roost as far as 24-7, 365, in your face, 
every single moment of the day brand new news. I don't even think that Facebook is anywhere near close of the news that gets broke on Twitter from every facet of society, from entertainment to news to political to local news. You know, there are local newscasters that literally are right in my town that they will break something off on Twitter before it even hits their web page for their local news stations. That's how powerful a tool Twitter is. I'd argue it's one of the it's one of the most powerful tools of this new age of journalism or possibly one of the most powerful tools in journalism now that's ever been. Because the news can come at you instantly. If there's someone you follow, if there's someone you follow in any of those things, any of those particular uh, any of those occupations that I just mentioned, if you like baseball and a baseball guy hits 29 home runs and you want to see, or let's say, let's, let's say more from a historical perspective, let's say something that, that, that would just like slam Twitter. Let's say Barry Bonds was going to get, <laughs> and this is funny because this will never happen probably, but Let's say Barry Bonds, it came out, it, breaking news that Barry Bonds got voted in to the Hall of Fame. That they were going to let him in the Hall of Fame and they were going to give him an asterisk next to his name because of the juicing scandal. And they were going to let him in the Hall of Fame. I mean, how long do you think it would take Twitter for that to trend? And how many eyeballs and clicks? What would the algorithm be like? For a story that big, that's a big story. And I'm just I'm just relegating that type of news to the sports world. I mean, what if it was something political like King Jong Un dead at. You'd be like, what? It would just instantly that would and not to mention with everything that we've gone through with North Korea in the past three years. Okay. With the threats and the winky dink and all the back and forth between him and Trump. And then this last, this last issue where, you know, people actually thought that he was on his way to his demise. Physically, he was in poor health and he actually died. And how many people believe that? And it broke on Twitter and it damn near melted the Internet. I mean, you could probably... You could probably assume because the people who were supposed to know that he was dead and that it was his double walking around like him. Those people were so wrong about it. That they had to come out and make public apologies. The two people that defected. And that would be totally understandable because the idea that Anybody really knew what was going on in that situation besides the people that were actually inside of North Korea was ridiculous in itself because that's one of the most locked down countries in the entire world. I mean, it is almost impossible for us with all the technology we have, with all of the 
weapons that we have at our disposal, technology, cyber, internet, ground forces. This is almost, there's almost no way to penetrate North Korea and actually know what's going on inside of King Jones universe. Now, the one thing I will say is that, of course, there's always going to be somebody that talks. So I'm sure that some of that information that got out in the beginning was legitimate. But as you paid attention and as time went on, you started to notice that something wasn't quite right about the information that we were receiving, whether it be from the media that was mainstream, whether it be from the other media outlets that were political, like The Hill, Mother Jones, Slate. I mean, nobody really knew what was going on and the Pentagon had no idea. So why would you think that anybody else would have any idea when they probably had the best information through their intelligence about what was going on? And then that information was released to different sources within the administration and White House reporters and People who camp out at the Pentagon and camp out in D.C. all day long when something like this happens and nobody gets any sleep and nobody sees their kids or their girlfriends or their families because all these reporters are on like a suicide watch, basically trying to get this scoop. But nobody really knew what was going on. But there were all types of stories circling on the Internet. There were all types of stories circling through social media. And there were hundreds and hundreds, dare I say thousands, in the first week of different variations of the stories being told by different people who were not really legitimate reporters. There were people that had, you know, Things to say like Alex Jones, Dave Rubin, Crowder, you know, everybody had something to say, right and left. Everybody had something to comment about it. Jimmy Dora talked about it. Joe Rogan talked about it. Everybody, you know, hey, what are you hearing? This is what we're hearing. But none of those people that I just spoke to you about, none of those people are acclaimed journalists. None of those people have won Pulitzer's. None of those people went to school for journalism. So why are they reporting the news? It's because this is the new world we live in now. 
this is this is the new world that we all occupy, that we inhabit. Anybody can say anything at almost any given time, whether it's true, whether it's false, whether it's surreal, whether it's scientifical, whether it's political. It's like, okay, you don't you don't believe in climate change. Go start a podcast. Write a blog or a vlog. Make a YouTube video. Do some deep dive work for two, three days. If you want to do it that long. Most people probably get a lot of their stuff from other people's pages, other stories on other social media sites, skimmed off of Twitter, skimmed off of Facebook. And God knows where else. Paste that all together, whatever they get on their updated Wikipedia <laughs> and the other legitimate stories where people are talking about it. And then some of these people pass off some of this work and they don't even give the credit to the people who originally broke the story. That happens a lot. ESPN is good for that. You know, sports wise, they'll break a story that somebody else broke and they won't even kick it back to the person like, oh, by the way, we're not breaking the story. They broke the story. We're just piggybacking off of it. They do that all the time. I remember when Adrian Wojnarowski, before he actually joined ESPN, he hated ESPN. Talk about Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, the basketball guru. I say guru, basketball writing guru. Like they have this thing, or uh, he has this thing where he drops what is called Woj bombs, meaning he gets a story, he gets a scoop before anybody else, and it's absolutely something no one else in the entire, you know, the entire National Basketball Association will be privy to. Is some type of knowledge that no one will have it. You know, not Stephen A. Smith. No one, you know, and if Stephen doesn't get it, then, you know, maybe Mark Spears will get it, you know. But if Stephen A. doesn't get it, it's like nobody's got it. But then there's Wojnarowski, who is in his own altitude, people, when it comes to breaking stories. And Woj will drop something and it'll be like, bam, it'll be like, oh, my God, whoa. Woj just dropped a bomb and it will trend on Twitter in a matter of minutes. Woj bombs, especially during the season or during the off, or excuse me, during the season when it's a NBA trade deadline, like the days leading up to the trade deadline, it'll be like Woj will be like must see TV because he just gets this information that nobody else gets it. But you know what? Woj is a hell of a journalist. This is what he does. He's the sports journalist. He went to school to do what he does. And it's not that you have to go to school to do what he does. It's that it helps people. It helps to know how to write a story. It helps to know how to put a story out in the public, how to work your sources, how to have it so that the story has a beginning and an arc and an ending how to get to the meat that is on the bone of the story, but to leave you wanting more to write, to, to capture 
your attention in the moment. And then it helps also that Wojnowski is really good at developing his sources and being someone who you could say something to and he is like a steel vault. You will not get that information from him and vice versa with the people that he deals with. I would imagine they're very good at keeping secrets to a degree because I, I mean, you know, they share that information with him, but it doesn't go any further. And then you don't hear about anything until the story drops. And then everybody is just really amazed. How the hell did Wojnowski get that story? But let me tell you, Wojnowski was not always a fan of ESPN. He, I don't know who hated him worse. Adrian Wojnowski or Dan Patrick. Because he just was so sick and tired of getting a story. And ESPN somehow, some way, even after he would break it on Twitter, even after he would break it on social media, ESPN would take that and then run with his story and just act like Woj never Woj never had anything to do with that. And they wouldn't oftentimes give him the credit that was due for him actually giving the story, breaking it first. You know, and then Woj got so tired of it, I guess, you know, it was like, well, you fuck it, you can't beat him, join him. And he finally gave in. There's some funny stories about actual run-ins he had with people that damn near became physical in real life away from the camera. Okay, before he joined ESPN, where you thought he was going to kick somebody's ass that worked for them. Like you really, you know, there were some stories that made me laugh. Like, whoa, really was not feeling them. And so, you know, it's the same thing with, say, uh, uh, in the football season. When you know, I don't even want to say his name because he annoys me, but you know who I'm talking about. When Adam drops a story, it's good to go. When he tells you this is what's going on, this is what's going I don't, I don't really want to talk too much about football. I don't want to talk too much about sports, but I'm trying to use these things as an example to, to help you understand that there is a difference between what is good journalism what is bad journalism, who's real and who's a poser and why this cancel culture is so dangerous because you have people who work for a living to do what they do. And now you have people who kind of have this thing as a side hustle and they're out here trying to do a reporter's job without actually having really good sources, good, credible information, having an actual relationship with the people that they're reporting on, which is not always, it doesn't always have to be the case that you have to have a relationship with the person. But you do have people who are out here doing this in such an irresponsible way, in such an egregious manner, that it doesn't come off as news, it comes off as gossip. It comes off as trashy, secondhand, thirdhand, and how many other hands do you need? Garbage. Just hot garbage. And people that are victimized by this type of, dare I say, reporting, 
they get their lives turned upside down. Because it's like, well, you know what? I got to be first to get this out here. I heard it and I don't know. I went on this website and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you turn around and it's like, wait a minute. What? This is not actually what happened. This is, and, but they don't even have a chance because they're trying to post that story first. So they get the story out there first. And then the next person goes to their website and they read this over here. And then they're piecing together this information with that information. And they're making videos and they're on YouTube. And then before you know it, th sometimes the people that are actually on the YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, in the chat rooms, they are actually getting the information out faster than the major outlets. They're breaking the story before the major news organizations. And so because they feel so outmanned and outgunned and outmaneuvered, because a lot of times now they are. Whether it's MSNBC, whether it's Fox, whether it's CNN, whether it's uh, voice, uh, what is it called? Uh, AOA, or that new bullshit site over there. It's right wing. It doesn't matter whoever it is, uh, AON News. Like, they're all getting beaten the head. Because you got a lot of people who are sitting around with side hustles, and then some of them do it full time, just gathering information, just scouring the internet for information on the stories. They're, they're just being, you know, shitty, but they're being this new type of reporter where they just scour the internet for information. They trade information with some of their friends and the people that do what they do. And then it's like, okay, who could be first to get out here and tell the most sensationalized version of whatever it is that is going to be the topic for the day. And then the news cycle in which these things live is usually no longer than 24 hours. If it's if it stretches past 24 hours and it goes into 48 or 72, it's major. But a lot of this stuff, it's like a 24 hour news cycle. It doesn't even go that much past it. It's like, OK, on to the next thing. Who did what to whom, when, where and how. But the the thing that. Caused me, you know, the thing that caused me to, to get on this little rant about this. This is what it is. I don't consider myself a reporter. The thing that got me was I watched this artist named Doja Cat from California who's been making a lot of noise. Uh, she's got a couple songs. She's got a few songs that went right up to the top of the Hot 100 and uh, on Billboard. And she's making some noise and, and you know, she's done some songs of Moo and Streets and uh, some more controversial singles she dropped to Didn't Do Nothing, which is a problematic song to a lot of people all by itself, but nonstand. People got opinions. They're like assholes, but people got opinions. But um, she did something in, in her private life 
which you can argue once you're a celebrity, you no longer have a private life. Your life is everybody else's life because you have to share it with the world because you're sharing your art with the world. So how could you be in private when so many eyes actually get to see you and so many ears get to hear you and so many people get to divulge the information about you and your life and how you live post stardom and pre-stardom. But she made the video. I, w- I wanted to say she made the mistake. But she did something where. Yeah, OK, I'll say. Maybe she was a little bit naive, but I mean, this is still America. You could still do relatively what you want to do as long as you're not hurting anybody or breaking any law. OK. Or any, any really weird, evil shit. And you're inflicting that pain upon other people. So you know what I mean? But I think she made the mistake of thinking, well, you know, I'm still going to do what I want to do. And I'm still going to be me. And I'm still going to have this life apart from the life that I have now as Doja Cat. And so, you know, she did what she did, you know, as probably not even Doja Cat. She probably was just doing it as, you know. And her government, her government name, like she probably used her government name when she went in his chat because she's like, look, I've been going in chat rooms since I was a little kid. You know, I've been messing around in chat rooms, hanging out with people, getting to know people. This is what I do. This is how I cope. This is how, you know, I, I deal with things, you know. And let's face it, we all got issues, different things that we deal with. So we all cope different ways. And her way, I guess one of those mechanisms was she liked going in the chat rooms and hanging out with regular people and she could be a regular person herself. And I think her ascent to the, you know, the top of the food chain as a celebrity probably overwhelmed her a little bit. And she felt that she was losing some of that anonymity that she thought she was going to hold on to maybe a little bit longer. And maybe it kind of took her by storm a little bit more. And she just wanted to be like, hey, I know these people. I've hung out with these people and this is. They don't treat me like Doja Cat. They know me as her government. I think it's Elamaratna Zendeli. But, uh, you know, they probably just saw like a regular person and she saw them like regular people. And they just hung out. And that was her little family. Or that particular thing helped bring her peace in like a familiar setting to her. And so she did what people would do in that case. And she just hung out and was like, Hey, I'm let my hair down. You guys know me. Let's hang out. Let's talk shit, whatever, and have fun. And so somehow, I don't know how, because I haven't seen any evidence of it, but somehow the chat room that she was hanging out in, people said, Oh, that's a white supremacist chat room that she's hanging out in. She's doing this. And she's doing that. And, She's letting people racially disparage her and call her names and talk shit to her. And, you know, all these white people in there were calling each other names and they're racist and incels. And I'm like, hmm, this is interesting because I checked my phone. I got a, you know, an alert and she was all over the fucking news. And I don't mean the internet regular bullshit with Twitter. No, she was in variety. She was in deadline. CNN did a story on it. You know, 
she was in major publications, people, USA Today. And I'm like, what the fuck? She don't even have a, she didn't even drop a, a record yet. Like, a, does she even have her deal? Because, you know, I don't follow, I'm more of a hip hop guy, you know, and I listen to a lot of different music, but I don't really listen to rap. I'm kind of old schoolish. I love hip hop. And that's not to say she's not hip hop, but I don't know enough about the girl to call her or the woman, the young lady, excuse me. To say that she's hip hop. So I'll say what I think she is is more like maybe pop and rap, but I think she does have some hip hop roots because I heard some of her stuff and it's kind of dope. You know, I give her, her her respect. But let's face it if, if you're trending like in the major publications about a fuck up that they think that you made or the general public thinks that you made. You're not a fucking hip hop artist unless you killed somebody <laughs> or you're on the way to prison for some serious shit. Like you're either one of these, you know, these up and coming rappers who dropped a big single or you're a pop artist. And people are checking for you worldwide, not even nationally. People are checking for you worldwide. You're going to be. And UK papers, or excuse me, papers, but you're going to be in UK social media. You're going to be UK publications. You're going to be all over the world, not just America. And she was trending all over the world. So I was like, okay, so let me check it out. So when I went to check it out, I, you know, I'm like, okay, if there's smoke, maybe there's a little bit of fire. I didn't see shit. I didn't see anything that said that this chick was a racist, that she was engaging in racist behavior, that the people she was hanging out with were white supremacists or right incels. And come on, people, that incel movement, that's a whole nother story. I don't even have time to go into that. I mean, the idea that you can't get laid in 2020 is pretty scary, but I mean, it, there was just no evidence that any of these things that the media. And I'll be fair, not the major media, but the new age media. Social media. There was no evidence that this is really the way it was. So when I. I looked at it more and more and more, I was like. Oh, this is crazy. But then the craziest shit that happened on the other side of that. Not even 30 minutes after I had read a couple of stories and did a couple of dives and seen what was out there was Twitter just went bananas. They were like, Doja, Doja Cat is canceled. Doja Cat is canceled over party. Doja Cat, Doja Cat is canceled party. Doja Cat was trending, you know, uh, it, it was just like, well, what the fuck? Well, why? And then it turns out that unfortunately. Black people got real emotional about the shit that was said supposedly by her. And. They came for her. And they were like, you know. She's racist. She said this and she was hanging out the white boys, letting them call her names and call her nigger. And she was, you know, stripping for them and 
showing them her titties and in, in the rooms and she likes white boys and she made this song didn't do nothing you know which is uh you know the alt right some people on the alt right some people that are you know into uh hate speech use that as derogatory slang it's a slur for black people because when some of us get in trouble it's like they say we say i didn't do nothing that type of shit you know so that's neither here nor there but she made a song called didn't do nothing so people were reading into it going yeah she made that song and it came out about the, the same time that sandra bland died so you know she was shitting on sandra bland and you know who sandra bland is she's the young woman who died in police custody down in texas under very very circumstantial very very mysterious uh circumstances i should say you know to this day I don't think anybody really knows what happened to Sandra Bland. God bless the dead, except for the people that had Sandra Bland in custody. And that's a damn shame. But that's what it is. But just like we don't know what happened to Sandra Bland when she was in custody with the police. We don't know if Doja was making that song about her. I don't think she was. I will say this. There's a way to rhyme. There's a way to do things in hip hop where you could say something and not exactly be saying it to people the way they anticipate you to say it because of the of the title of the song. So you can like play with words and you can really fuck people's minds around when you're doing a song and be like, I'm going to call you an asshole, but I'm not going to call you an asshole the way you think I'm going to call you an asshole, but I'm going to drop some things in between these lyrics in these bars where you will know I'm talking about you. Okay. You know, it's called subliminal messaging. You know, when you drop a subliminal, you say something, but it's to the person without calling the person actually out. But I didn't get any of that from Doja. I think maybe she just used the controversial title because she wanted to do that. And then she did some other things, too. If she did try to shit on Sandra Bland, that's her conscience, not mine. I wouldn't waste any energy over it. And I don't know why other people are either. But the idea that somehow she is a racist and doesn't love black people or doesn't like black people because she likes white dudes or because she hangs out with white people in chat rooms or because she doesn't embrace the black half of herself. Listen, and I'm going to say this is a black man. Black people, we waste too much fucking time on these very, very fucking unimportant discussions. We put so much energy into this. And I'm going to say something. I think some of this shit that was coming her way was because she's attractive. She's passable almost. You know, the one drop rule in effect for white people, period. But we embraced her. She's passable, though, to some people as a white woman girl white woman and I think when you get real famous like that real quick and you look the way you do and you have those in people's minds European features very thin nose very you know light complected dull eyes you know you have the adulation of people that don't look like us. We start feeling some type of way sometimes. It's like, well, if this bitch was dark skin, she wouldn't be blowing up like this. 
Nikki caught hell for the same shit. Some people might argue that might have been why, you know, Lil' Kim did what she did because she felt like I just can't fucking, I'm not happy with myself. So I'm going to start changing things about myself because I want to be more happy with myself and more power to her if that's what, you know, she wanted to do. But she doesn't look like Kim Jones from 25 years ago by any stretch of the imagination to anybody that saw her when she first started to blow up under Big and Junior Mafia. But she wanted to do what she wanted to do to be comfortable with herself. Because once again, people, this is fucking America. This is, you know, you do what you want to do responsibly and sometimes not so responsibly. But you have freedom to a degree, justice to a degree and liberty. And you have the ability for the pursuit of happiness. Now, I'm not trying to get corny here. And I'm not trying to get too deep in the weeds with this shit either. But what I am trying to get back to after saying all that I said is it's fucked up that if she did have self-hate issues, if she does have self-hate issues, if she does have issues with her 4C hair, which is really thick, almost unmanageable hair for black women, and it drives them crazy. And that's why they get it flattened and pressed and weaved and shit. Because even though, you know, some women can be really fair complected and have those European features. Some of them, even when even being biracial, they have that 4C hair and it's really hard to fucking comb to manage. So they just will do anything to make it more manageable. And the only thing that she did that was remotely really weird to me was when she made a comment on her social media about being white, that life would be easier and it would have more value to her. Now you could say, maybe she was saying that sarcastically because of something she saw. She was like, you know, it's fucked up. White people make me feel this way. Or maybe she felt that way. I don't know. I don't know what the relationship is with her and white people. I don't know what the relationship is with her and black people. Fuck. I don't know what the relationship is with her and fucking Asian people, because the whole idea is this. You don't know this person. I don't know this person. She's a celebrity. So because she fucked up and we don't know her. People are bugging out. And especially black people are like. See, that's why I ain't really want to fuck with her because she one of them light bitches. She one of them light skin bitches. She thinks she better to, and you know, black women can be on their bullshit, and black men can too. Dark skinned black men, dark skinned black women can be on their bullshit. Yeah, I ain't want to fuck with that pretty bitch anyway. Cause see, I figured that she was gonna be in the white boys. Well, if she ain't feeling you, dog, she's not feeling you. And she's not feeling dark skinned men. She's not feeling dark skinned men. And she don't care for black women. She don't care for black women. It's her business. But the idea that somehow her personal preference offends people so much that they feel that they need to cancel her. That they need to try to destroy her career before it's really able. Because once again, I don't even know if she has an actual record out with a major label. I don't even know who her management is. I haven't done that much homework on it because like I said, 
I don't really listen to rap. And I really don't check for pop. If I listen to anything, when it's in that sphere of influence, it's usually hip hop. It's not rap. I don't fuck with rap. So to me, she's more pop, more rap. But I don't really know enough about her besides the few singles that I've heard to make any kind of judgment about, you know, other than to say, like I said, I think she's talented. She's definitely lyrical. She's very lyrical. Hell, she may be hip hop, but just trying to get her foot in the door before she do what she do. At the same time, I ain't going to hold my breath because there'll be, there's been other people who've come in, who've used the medium of hip hop to do other things or used R and B to do other things. Looking at you pink, you know, and come on, you know, that the, the, the people do that. People come in the black side of things and then they get a molecule of success and then they go on and they start really like expanding their vision, expanding their experimentation with music and different types of styles and everything. And they'll leave hip hop and they'll leave R&B in the dust. And they'll be like, OK, I'm I'm strictly a pop star now. I don't fuck with all that other black shit, but I'm not saying that's what she's doing. I'm just saying. She's entitled to make decisions and hang out with the people that she wants to hang out with. And she should be able to do that as long as she's not hurting herself, hurting other people, inflicting any type of harm on people she hangs with or people in her family or friends or just a real fucking losing piece of shit individual, a bad human. She should be able to do what she wants to do. And she should be able to do it without this cancel culture trying to ruin her before she's able to actually have a viable career. Because right now, the reason that she's able to do what she does is because the hip-hop game, or excuse me, the rap game, the pop game, the celebrity game, the social media game, it makes everything move so much faster that you do not have to have a major label deal to move somewhat in the same circles, in the same rarefied atmosphere of a person who's a bonafide superstar. You may not do the O2 building, okay, in London, the O2 arena. Like you might not get your Michael Jackson, this is it type of concert in O2. You might not do Wembley, right? But you can get Coachella, like if you're hot enough and you don't even have a major, major label deal, you don't have if you just if you're just doing two, three million, four million, five million, six million, ten million views on YouTube and your single is just everything. And you just put out singles for a whole summer going over into the, like you can do Coachella. You know how I know that? Because that's exactly what Cardi B did. Cardi B was doing Coachella. She didn't even have a major deal. She was getting what? Probably 15, 20 grand a show or more. I mean, I'm just speculating because I don't know a personal business. Just knowing a little bit about the business. Like she did not have a major deal and she did Coachella. The fuck Beyonce did Coachella a couple years ago. So that's what I'm saying. Like 
major stars do major things. Now you can be a major star without actually being a major star. You can move in that air that they actually take up space in without actually making the money that they're making for where they are in their particular point in their career. But this cancel culture is so toxic. It's like you can destroy somebody before they actually have a chance to have a career. Think about this. If you think that I'm wrong. Does anybody remember Chingy? Remember the guy uh, that Nelly put on some years ago? In the early middle 2000s. He had a song called Right There. It was country, but it was, you know, it was hot for what it was. It was a rap record. And it, it was just. It was burning up the charts for a minute. It was a bullet. Nelly put him on. I think he was actually supposed to be part of the St. Lunatics, but something happened and he left the St. Lunatics and Nelly let him go and do his thing and still supported him. And Chingy went and did his thing, but I think Chingy was originally a member of the St. Lunatics and he went and had this solo career and he blew up and Chingy was like, he was hot. He had a hot record. He had a couple hot records. And that's before Murphy Lee did his thing. Like Chingy was doing it really big. He was on MTV, BET, 106 and Park. He was everywhere. But then something happened with Chingy. And people that know what I'm talking about remember. Chingy had this. Allegedly. He had this. This one night stand or this ongoing relationship with a person who happened to be transgendered, a transgendered woman, a black girl, okay? And something happened within the dynamic of that relationship, and she leaked that information to the press. They leaked it to the press, and Chingy and his people, I think he was with Columbia at the time, but hell, I don't know, he might have been with Polygram, but I think he was with Columbia. Don't quote me on this, it's been a minute. I'm just trying to pull some of this up from my memory. But when his label got in damage control, it was already too late because the streets caught that shit immediately. And the streets was like, we're not fucking with that nigga no more. And I remember when I heard about it and it popped up on YouTube and I was like, oh, it's, it's over for him. Because first and foremost, he operates, you know, when you operate in that area of music, it's it's full of machismo. It's full of alpha dogs. It's full of real street dudes. Now, the rappers are not always street dudes, but some of the people behind them that come up with them. OK, they're hood. And they follow along with what you're doing. They follow your trajectory, your career. It's like you bring your homies along with you. So you're learning to adapt as you move through the mechanisms of being famous, of being a star. You're learning 
how to do interviews. You're learning how to conduct yourself in a professional manner and how to do things in a way where people will know when you come in the room that you're the star, you're holding court. And so a lot of that shit that you used to do in the hood where you're from, you don't do that as much. Maybe not at all because you understand that now you're a professional and you're getting paid to do that. Your homies can be wild. So you have to kind of like corral them in and make sure like they don't fuck everything up for you. And when that happened to Chingy, he did not get a chance to really give any type of background information on that whole issue. It's just like it hit the streets and people like, we're not fucking with that nigga no more. That nigga's a homo. And I was like, whoa, like I was reading the comments. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So because this person released this video and I don't remember if he was in it or not, but it was just like it was so it was such a surreal moment. I remember thinking that you got to be a different type of person to feel that because someone's not giving you what you think you deserve or giving you the attention or however or whatever could happen in that type of relationship where the other person felt I'm going to fucking destroy this person because that is exactly what happened to him. That story leaked out. It destroyed him. I'll name another person. Young Buck that used to be with 50 Cent. It's part of G unit. Same shit. It got so bad for Buck that people were canceling his shows before he even had a chance to defend himself. I went and looked because I was curious. I was like, I wonder what Buck is going to be like. Like, you know, if this, where was he supposed to be doing shows? Because I was curious how it was going to play out. Show canceled. People offering people back their money for refunds. And then it didn't help that 50 just came out and just laid waste to him in social media. Because, you know, to pick a fight with 50 is like picking a fight with the devil himself. Like, that's a no win. And it just... It just was so quick for, and there were other people, there were numerous people, these type of things have happened to, but those are the two that really stuck out in my mind that it was like night and day. It was like, they were hot, they were respected, and then they were gone. And rap said, we're not fucking with you. No faggots allowed. And I was like, you know, that's basically and I'm not saying that because that's what I believe. I don't give a shit what you do in your personal space. I don't care. Doesn't have nothing to do with me. It's your life. Live it how you want. Get it how you can. As long as you ain't hurt nobody, I always say, well, I don't give a shit what you do, how you live. But there are certain things that you can do to yourself and other people can do to you that you just can't, you can't rebound from that shit. And those are two people that have stuck out my mind. I'll, you know, like what, look at what, the, what is Chingy doing now? What is he doing now? Does anybody know? Does anybody know if he's doing any mixtapes? Is he, what is he doing? Is he fucking working at a car dealership? What is he doing? Does anybody know anything? Young Buck is back in prison. 
again, not paying his taxes. But these these two guys will never have careers again in hip hop and rap. They, they, they just won't because rap is a strange animal that once you violate the guy code, you know, you're done. You're out of here. You are canceled. Now, this cancel culture wasn't as prevalent when those two things happened as it is now. And the situation that happened with Buck was only maybe three years ago. The situation that happened with Chingy was probably over over 10 at least. So when I look at what's happening to Doja Cat, my thinking is for anybody who thinks, well, she'll be all right. You know, she'll bounce back from this. No. You, you don't understand. You don't understand the medium of that particular genre of music. You don't understand what, what it what makes that. It's so difficult for women, period. To get their foot in the door. To lay down any real work without someone saying, yeah, you know, let, let the bitch record, you know, let the bitch record, get some tracks. Because, you know, you're definitely going to get the ass. I mean, there's people that think like that. And there's people that think like that because, you know, you hear the stories of po- people who are powerful now in music that were basically having sex for tracks from some of the top producers out there. That some of them are still working now will tell you stories about people that they slept with, people that are famous, people from all spectrums of the rainbow. And you know what they charged? They charged sex. Let me hit it. I'll give you the best track I got in my arsenal. It'll take you right up the charts. And they were like, ah, oh, it's fucked up, but okay. You know, some of them begrudgingly, all right. People that if you named them, because I ain't into that shit, but if you named them, you know, because this is too personal. The thing with Chingy, the thing with Buck, that's already, that's history. People know that. The other stuff, like, I just don't feel like it's necessary to put the names out there. People can look it up on the YouTube or on Google, whatever you want to do, Wikipedia, you know, I'm not, that ain't me. I'm just saying people that are well-known, they've done it. They know who they are. And I'm not here to shame them. I'm just saying it's something that happens because it's a very, very highly male-dominated, testosterone-filled industry dominated by men. And some of these men are really fucked up. They're really monsters. And they represent everything that would be applicable for the Me Too movement. The real Me Too movement, you know. You hear stories about people going through all types of hell just to get seen. So when you're talking about Doja Cat put in the work to do what she does. And she does it pretty damn well. And then you have people out here going, yeah, but the bitch is weird. And she did this and she did that. And I don't fucking like her no more. Fuck that pretty light skinned bitch. We gonna cancel her. And then you get realize that you are actually taking away someone's right to be productive, to make a living, to feed the family. Some people to move out to hood, to stay out, especially black people really need to chill with the whole cancel shit 
Because if you are not paying attention, and maybe you're not, we getting canceled like right and left right now. From a whole lot of other forces that are way more important and way more detrimental to our overall, our overall health, our wellness and mental health and prosperity than what some celebrity is doing in her private time. When maybe she's just trying to be a regular person, because believe me, Doja know she's black. You don't fucking think you if you're black, you know, you're black. You could be as light as snow, white as it too. You got any black blood in you, you know that you're black. And anything else is just self delusionary because anyone that finds out that you're black too understands and says, Oh, yeah, you know, they're black, right? They got black in them. They mother black or they father black or whatever. Or they grandmother black. Or, yeah, they black. <laughs> One drop, baby. Can't hide from that. And I don't think she is. I think she was just being herself. She's a little weird. I think she's, you know, she's a little weird, but. She is who she is. You be who you be. You worry about your shit. The fuck are you going to cancel somebody for being weird? Not fucking with you. And she wants to apologize if it's sincere. What does she have to apologize for? I don't really know. But if she apologizes, will you niggas leave her alone then? Because I don't understand why it was so necessary for other black people to cancel another black person the way that they did. And the only thing that I can get out of this is a lot of you motherfuckers are just jealous. And you're just looking for somebody to hurt somebody to make you feel shittier than you feel yourself because you feel shitty. So you feel other people should feel shitty too. a bunch of mollies. You know, it's like, a bunch of mollies. You can't stand somebody else having a relationship or being successful. So you'll do whatever you can in your power to bring about their demise so that you can look at them and say, yeah, see, I told you, bitch, if you would have listened to me, a bunch of mollies. Shout out to Insecure. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's ridiculous. Let Doja be Doja because you people that are out here doing this half-ass reporting. It's shitty. It's a real shitty. If you fuck up, I hope somebody comes for you and shows you how uncool it is that when you make a mistake, people are out there trying to destroy you and destroy your ability to have a livelihood that's beneficial for you and your family and whoever else you care about. Because that's what you're helping the media do, because believe it or not, the mainstream media is so lazy now. And so wicked that they're not going to do a lot of journalism. To get to the root of the story, you know what they're going to do? They're going to go to your Web page. They're going to go to your social media. They're going to have people in little tiny offices watching your little shitty YouTubes. 
going over your little shitty Twitter accounts, going through your little shitty Facebook, taking all that information that you spent the last 72 hours culminating together, and they're going to take your stories and they're going to run your shit on TV. And that can destroy that girl. Because they're not even going to do the work themselves. They don't give a fuck about Doja. It's just clicks and eyeballs. Something they can sit around and talk about and something else that will further divide us. And I'm not talking about dividing black from white. I'm talking about further divide black people from black people. Light skin, dark skin, who's passing, who's not. Who's entitled to do this? Who's entitled to do that within the black community? And it'd be a bunch of white people and a smattering of black people. If you want to go to Roland Martin's show and, and see what they're talking about, because that'll be the only show where they'll really give it any type of intelligent, intellectual conversation. Everybody else, it'll just be gotcha. Pop star Doja Cat. Won't apologize for racially insensitive remarks. She shouldn't have to apologize. She was doing the shit in the privacy of her own fucking home. With the people that she considers to be her friends or people that she knows. And once again, if she's weird, she's weird. So what? You're probably weird, too. I'm fucking weird. I do a lot of weird shit. I don't give a fuck if you know about it or not. Everybody's got skeletons in the closet. Everybody. So be careful for what you wish for on somebody else. Matter of fact, I'll say that to say that I don't wish anybody go through your shit like you guys are going through dojas because I don't think this shit is cool. There's a way that you can be reporters or you can be talk show host or whatever the fuck half you people want to be without being assholes and without clinging to the low-hanging fruit of trying to just destroy somebody because you think they deserve it. You motherfuckers are simpletons for that shit. And you know you are. You know you are. You know it's wrong. There's so many other important things to be discussing right now. And the idea that you could go on Twitter and see Doja Cat is over. Doja Cat is over party. Doja Cat is canceled over party, Trenton. Come on, man. We could do better than that. Black people, we can do better than that. White people somewhere in the corner laughing at us. Going, yeah, I knew the bitch was black. I mean, she okay. I don't really listen to rap music, though. She's pretty. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, and people are like, well, she don't talk to her black father, and you, you don't, you don't know what the dynamics are of that relationship. Come on, you're doing too much. Or a white mother raised her. What do you expect? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, and I'm, I'm gonna tell you this shit because this is from experience. Okay, from having friends, people, family in my life that are mixed, whatever. It ain't easy. It's not easy for them either. 
It ain't all roses because they look good. Some of them can pass. They got the green eyes, blue eyes, whatever. Fall back with that shit. Do you. Let Doja do her. You're doing too much. Stop with the cancel shit. It's whack. Try to cancel Kevin Hart. Motherfuckers trying to cancel Quentin Tarantino. Just, you try to cancel everybody. Try to cancel Jimmy Fallon. Stop it. You look stupid. Try to cancel Jimmy Kimmel. You know, there are people out there, I will say, they deserve some comeuppance. They'll get the reckoning. Don't put so much of your energy in it trying to cancel them, though. Because when you cancel them, you're deleting them. You are ruining them. Some people, yeah, they deserve ruination. Excuse me. They deserve to be ruined. But uh, like I said, everything that goes around comes around right back to you. All right, everybody, be good, be safe out there during this pandemic. Mask and not respect other people that are wearing theirs or not. Love one another. Hold each other up in good faith. Peace and blessings. It's Joe Black, and I'm out.